everybody and welcome to a new episode of Coffee Talk. It has been a while, but I've been uh, busy and there's some other stuff that has been happening. A anyway, with me today is the lovely, the almighty, Pushy Destin. Hello. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm doing well, how about you? I'm, um, I'm alright. I, uh... From a physical perspective, it has been shaky, and it still has mm. been. Um, but like mentally, I'm really, I'm feeling really well. Like I'm in a really good mood right now. But it's physically, it has not been f fine, and it won't oh. be for another couple of months. But it's, you know, it's alright. Like it evens out. Like as long as I'm mm -hmm. happy, it will be fine. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, I'll be honest, I was just getting out of uh, a little bout of uh, depression that I had for the past month. But uh, this past week, I felt really good, so. Yeah. Depression can really eat you up, I feel. Like, um, mm -hmm. I've, I I don't really talk about this much, but I had a really harsh one back in oh, 2011. Yeah. Um, and that lasted me for about half a year. Um, yeah. And, you know, the thing is about depression, you you can't really speak for somebody else's situation. Um, mm -hmm. Like, everybody's situation feels kind of unique. But what I felt from it and learned from it made me not have another depression ever again. Because yeah. you go through a lot of the emotions and you know um, what it feels like. Um, and mm -hmm. now you know how to distract yourself a whole lot more, which I feel is a really positive thing. Yeah, I think um, it's really difficult to work out of depression sometimes. Yeah. Because you just can't tell anyone, you know, stop being depressed. That's no, not no. going to fix anything. <laughs> but it's just, uh, you know, taking a day at a time, finding something that you enjoy and sticking with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the major part here. Um, there are definitely times where you still feel kind of lonely or, or something else happens in your life, mm -hmm. but it's... It's not on that same level anymore. And yeah. that's the most important factor here. That you need to learn to accept and go on. And that's not hard. You actually go to the five mm -hmm. stages of grievance, really. Um, yep. But at, at the same time, you kind of accept it and then move on to whatever is next. Anyway, we should not have a long discussion <laughs> about depression. That is kind of... That's uh, depressing. It's the... Well... <laughs> oh, man. You're right. You're right. Anyway, yeah. um, let's Pushy, talk about happier things. Yes, Push Destin is from uh, Source Gaming. Yep. The the it's a great site where you um. Yeah, you write articles. You have your podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, can you give uh, the lovely fellas at home an overview of what you do? Okay, so uh, I started Source Gaming about three years ago, and we do a bunch of things. We do translations, which we're probably the most known for. Um, basically anything uh, that was translated for Smash for Wii U and backwards is basically from us. <laughs> and then um, we've also done podcasts, videos, uh, lots of discussions on our YouTube channel and um, and articles. Uh, we do a lot of opinion articles. We do a lot of editorials. We do a lot of research articles. Uh, a lot of people know Source Gaming also from the research that we've done within the Smash games, like the definitive unused fighter list, mm -hmm. which I think is the most popular article on the site. Nice. 
Yeah, that was um, the original article I spent, I think, one or two weekends just in my room alone, like, <laughs> and um, reading over every single Famitsu article I could get my hands on, uh, reading over all the responses that Sakurai made between Smash 64 and Melee, which is over 300 pages in Japanese, huh. and see- seeing what characters were considered planned or scrapped in the very Smash games. Nice. And then sourcing everything, of course, because that's our name. It feels that, like, these days you're doing more than that, though. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you know, we have, uh, I think, 14 or 15 staff members. Wow, okay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, and then we have people who contribute through guest articles or guest videos and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of hard to say 100%, like, this is what we do, but I think this is what people know us for. <laughs> And then you also did a history of Dong Dong Never Die on April first. <laughs> yeah, that was uh suggested by you. Yeah. And uh I didn't I expect actually... you guys to do that. <laughs> actually I almost didn't do it. Um it was kind of a last minute thing. I spent um I only spent like three or four hours on it. Um basically looking at the developer's website and using Google Translate because I don't speak Chinese and trying to figure out like a, a basic timeline for the development of the game. <laughs> and it was a lot more interesting uh, than I expected, actually. <laughs> like, I thought it would take me like 10 minutes, I'll be done, but there was actually a lot of information that I was able to uncover. Oh, man, you actually went for, went for it. I feel so bad. <laughs> no, I, I actually had a lot of fun researching it, so it was fun. Yeah, it's 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 was only an April first thing, but you can still check that out on our website. It's it's great. Yeah, I really like it. <laughs> yeah, April Fools is kind of a tricky thing for us because we don't want to lose people's trust. Yeah, that's one thing I think a lot of people like about Source Gaming is that um, we have a very strong reputation with information and facts. Uh-huh. And so I, there's like there's some people on the staff who wanted to do like really mean like um april fool's jokes a couple years ago like where where we say like oh master chief is coming to smash and like blah 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 blah, stuff like that but i didn't want to do something that people could reasonably believe was real right because then it's not fun for people no and that's why i kind of hate april 1st in theory because Mm -hmm. as a News writer for Go Nintendo, you're confronted with the fact that some of it could be fake. Yeah, and then some um, some people they actually put out real things on April Fools, like uh, Rick and Morty. This uh, season three premiere on April Fools. <laughs> I bl- I believe Gmail debuted on April Fools one year. We also uh, this is for the Dutch side I write for. We may or may not have I cannot speak for its legitimacy but we can, we but we may or may not have showed our new design on April 1st. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Which um you know, you'll see if that's true or not in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> As a way to get some uh feedback. You never know. Ah. Uh but that was uh that was funny. Um, because you have a lot of people that are actually confused in that comment section. (laughs) (laughs) 
for the Dong Dong Never Die? No, no, no. For for the, oh, for the, the, for the redesign. For the supposed oh, okay. redesign. I'm not saying it's real or not. For the supposed re- redesign. Uh, but that was really funny. Uh, they actually... It was actually like a struggle to see if we actually would do it. Because some of them were really against it. But we said from, just go for it. Just mm-hmm. just go for it. Who, who cares? <laughs> yeah. As long as it doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah. And uh, I think that is what April 1st needs to be. Like, it just needs to be fun. Um, yeah. I, I just put it up a few tweets out of Sauce Gaming. <laughs> on yeah. First. Yeah, um, I saw your review of uh, Pikachu, Ketchup, and I think you gave Wario, Wario's Garlic like a 0 out of 10. I was kind of disappointed in that. Uh, 2 out of 10, actually. Oh, 2 out of 10. Yeah. yeah. There was t- too much garlic and very little sauce. I was very disappointed. Yeah. Anyway, that was um, that was our fast on April first. <laughs> I didn't expect <laughs> we to go there, but fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, check out sourcegaming.net. Source info. So info. Oh, yep. very official. Yes. Sourcegaming.info. Uh, source very important. Yeah, we uh we couldn't go with the dot com, so we went with the dot info. Well, it's the be- next best thing next to .net. Yeah. And uh, I think it really helps uh, push the image that Source Gaming is uh, kind of like a database of information. Right, right, right. That's good. Um, We could talk about anything, but I usually ask uh, to the guest if there's anything he or she wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one thing that's been on my mind recently is being a video game journalist and like what kind of role does that play in the industry and everything. And uh, I think that would be something that you have a lot of experience mm-hmm. with and would love to hear what you think about that. Okay. Does it, does it come from the brash game thing? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Cause I was, re- uh, you sent me that yesterday and uh, it's, it's pretty interesting to read that. So uh, to, to quickly um, back people up, uh, Brash Games is a video game website based in the United Kingdom. Um, they would employ young writers to write for them, and they would offer no payment, but they would exchange exposure and just a review code in general. And yep. That first side of it is legitimate, like most of the sites are run on a voluntary basis. Um, mm-hmm. What they would do, however, is if that you would leave the site, maybe after one review of maybe even ten, um, they would remove all of your credits of every single review that you wrote and form them back to a, ba- to a basic Brash Games tagline. Um, yeah. So the exposure bit of it is woefully untrue. Um, next to that, um, it turns out that if you look at every single article and somebody did, one third of all the articles currently written on the site now falls under the Brash Games moniker. Jesus. So they strapped away like a third of every single article that's currently available on that website, which is over 5,000 different articles. Yeah. Um, it's a very sketchy situation. Um, and I I noticed that some people were speaking out about it like a couple of days before this this entire deal transpired. Um, 
the one person in particular, Mac Bethany Reed, is a very close friend. Um, she um, wrote for the site and found that her 20 reviews were all void of any credit, which is a shame for the many hours that somebody puts into that, especially if you have to finish a game, then write it, think about what you're going to say, that sort of stuff. Um, uh, but it all came ahead when, in the night from Friday to Saturday, I believe, yeah, that was correct, Friday to Saturday, a reviewer of Ben McCurry decided to do the most savage exit ever <laughs> and post a review of Pac-Man 256 with bylines basically saying, you know what? Screw you guys. Yeah. It was very glorious. I think but, uh, I think it was the best thing ever. But One of the most surprising things is that um, there's also allegations that they changed the review scores. That's correct, yeah. Um, and to avoid, to avoid like like allegations of that, they did list them themselves on um, game rankings and Metacritic to say that they're out of business, but they're still there. Um, apparently, Open Critic will have a report on them. Report on them on Monday. Yeah, the whole situation is kind of messed up. Yeah, and um, like you mentioned, a lot of sites do run on a voluntary basis. Um, I'm sure. I think Go Nintendo does right. And uh, partially, partially okay. And then Source Gaming is also we do things on a voluntary basis right now. Mm-hmm. But like, um, really taking away people's credit, you know, is is so demeaning to those people that worked hard. Yeah, I think that's like that's the thing I'm not not on board on. Like, it's okay if you do it for free. You do it essentially for the love of the game, right? Yeah. Um, but if like your work essentially t- gets taken away from you. What is that actually worth? Like your time is actually mm-hmm. worth nothing. Yeah. Um, which I think is the really the bigger problem here. Like, I'm totally okay with people coming in and doing it for free. Like, we get people like that all the time. Some of them stay longer than others. Um, some mm-hmm. will do a couple of reviews and then definitely leave. Some will stick around and go to different outlets. Um. But um, whoever you are, if you're a hobbyist or like really into this, like you need to be, fe- you need to be feeling at home at this. Um, yeah. And that's something that um, that brash games really, really fail to do. Like that's the main thing that they fail to do. They made they failed making it interesting and fun because basically they destroyed all credibility by doing something like that. And then it comes to the review scores. And then it comes to this and then it comes to that. But it's... it's mm-hmm. The first step is the most annoying one. Yeah. You have to treat your people right. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think that um, websites that we write for do that really well. Um, like, yeah. I, I, I don't think that... Um, that source gaming does that any does doesn't do that any 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 bad. Um, I do a lot yep. for Nintendo World Report, and they do it really well. So, yeah, it was uh, source gaming. The way that I run it is pretty laissez faire. I give the writers, the translators, uh, the people who help out with videos. I give them pretty much the control over their own content. Sure, yeah, and I think honestly that's the most important thing, really. Um, and that also makes you excited to be part of a website, to be honest. 
Um, yeah. Because you're also feeling part of a team. Like, I am... I'm feeling pretty much like a freelancer because I do a lot of stuff, really. Um, mm-hmm. But I always feel part part of a team regardless of where I am. And honestly, that's the most important thing, really. Because if you don't feel confident in where you are, then what exactly are you doing? Yeah. Exactly. You have to feel like you're working towards something or that you're, you're part of something. Right. Uh, I know I know a lot of the writers on Source Gaming, they they enjoy working on Source Gaming because they like the experience. Right. They enjoy writing. They enjoy researching. Mm-hmm. And so if you have that passion, it makes everything a lot easier for you. Yep. And, yeah, I feel that something like this destroys passion. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that people who write for the website will never write again, which is honestly a shame. Yeah, and it also uh, damages people's view of brash games. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, not that... as many people are, will be excited <laughs> to read their content. Well, they, they are completely destroyed, I think, at this point. Yeah. I mean... They've published one review in the last 24 hours, and usually they publish three a day. So, consider that. Yeah, I'm sure they're having several meetings trying to discuss what they should do. Well, I technically, be technically they... it's run by one guy, so... Mm-hmm. Which is, I think his name was Paul Ryan. Um, and if anybody else was a freelancer for him. So, and I heard some shady behavior behind the scenes from other people, like, they, Paul wanted to know what other websites these people were writing for, for example. Um, mm. Well, I don't really think that's none of your business. Um, if they yeah. want to do it, they should tell you, but if they don't, that's okay. Yeah, and if you're not signing any contract, if you're not getting any payment, then why does it matter? Yeah, absolutely. I think it really shouldn't matter. Um, but it's... Uh, they already removed their entire staff page. Really? Yeah. And um, they um, that clients page yeah, are pretty much like all of the studios they, they just ask codes for. And then mm-hmm. the top image of that is basically the Nintendo Switch uh, publisher image from, uh, from um, last October and September. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, so a lot of shady uh, stuff there going on. <sighs> so like, um, I've been part, I've been running Source Gaming for about three years, and um, right, I I don't do it professionally because I do have a normal full time job that I do to have my own living, mm-hmm. and basically, uh, there's always been this thought, you know, can I do this for a living? Can I do this, um, you know, not just as a hobby, but as as a job. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to a lot of people within the game uh, journalism side, and they've all, almost always said, "Don't do it professionally." <laughs> <laughs> they said uh, it's it's very difficult to become a video game journalist, an actual one. Right, right. It's it's tough, you know. Um, I've been doing this for eleven years, and I don't mm-hmm. exactly have a real foot in the door. Um, like I know a ton of people, um, yeah. but it's purely because of persistence than anything else. 
Yeah, and, and having yeah. that experience really helps. Mm-hmm. It's so important. But I I don't know if you want to keep it up for another eight years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's hard to say. You know, you can't you can't say it after just three. Yeah, <clears throat> because after three, I was still, in my personal view, I was still just figuring things out. I was just having fun. Um, mm-hmm. at, a, at eleven now, I'm an oiled machine. I'm not sure what I want to do next because I'm trying to do new things now. Like I want to do more opinion pieces, and I want to do more videos that are a lot more edited. Um, I'm currently working mm-hmm. on a series where I look at really obscure Nintendo games. Yeah. Um, and I think that like every season would be about ten episodes. Um, mm-hmm. and the first season would be all about like weird Nintendo games that that they published on the DS. Oh, okay. And there are a ton of them. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, some and most of them never came over over to Europe or North America. Yeah. Um. Actually, uh, Nintanjax, he stayed at my apartment for a couple of days uh, about two weeks ago. Right. And he was showing me this game, quote unquote, that was made by Nintendo, published by Nintendo. That was a pedometer for the DS. Oh, I have that in a box here, the European version of that. Um, okay, see. so it was released in, abroad. It was released everywhere. Um, okay. That was, uh, yeah, Walk With Me, it's called mm-hmm. in Europe. Um, in North America, it's called, I think, something like Personal Trainer Rocking. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I looked at that game when it first came out in Japan. Uh, because that was around the same time as the Nintendo DSi. Um, mm-hmm. And that game is really interesting because um, that game allowed you to send me data from the Wii to the DSi. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure how it did again. For I just, I just think it was for the wireless connection, but you had mm-hmm. to put a certain code into the the me maker, and then you could send like me's to uh, to the DSI, and it kind of blew up because that was the first like thing I sent it to go Nintendo that really blew it up. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of insane. Yeah, now we can use the Amiibo to house our Mi data. Yeah, and that's even crazier. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that that thing was... Uh, I mean, that was thing was over, overly released. I'm just ser- purely searching for games, for example, that... Um, yeah, that, that solely stayed in Japan. And surprisingly enough, I found about 10 of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um... Because beyond what they did in Europe or North America, I feel that despite a couple of games being like casual focused, mm-hmm. I think the majority of the games that they released in Europe and North America were still like pretty decent Nintendo-sized games or pretty-ish hardcore games. Yeah. Um, in Japan, they released a whole bunch of weird stuff. Um, they had five... Five t- different phrase books for five different languages, which they published on a cartridge. Mm-hmm. Um, one for English, one for German, one for Chinese, and two others. I can't remember the last two. Um, and I maybe do one of them. You never know. 
Um, they yeah. released a game about the financial market that gives you information about how to handle like money or stock or what have you. Is it like an ebook or something? No, it's it's actually just a, like a crazy ass game. Okay, it's really weird. Um, what else is there? There is um. Little Charo's Adventure, which is basically uh, this adventure with a little dog that that uh, is a little Japanese dog that has to fight its way through an American world and try to speak in English, <laughs> which is a really charming little puppy. Um, but yeah, that's sort of weird stuff. That's the stuff I want to look at because I feel, especially in the last like two, three years, I feel that the new game market is being really oversaturated with a lot of new people. Um, yeah, and it's kind of hard to stick out. Yeah, so I want to. Where do I want to go and do more retro things that I feel are fun and I've personally not tried yet because it makes a challenge for myself as well because I need to discuss them in a new way. But um, I think that will be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think um, like very recently you've. We've seen a lot more of uh, niche-focused uh, content coming out. Sure, yeah. Like, uh, not only Source Gaming, which I would consider pretty niche in, in a lot of ways, but there's a lot of blogs and channels that uh, have come out in the last uh, two years, really, mm-hmm. that have really particular focus, and, and they go really in-depth. Absolutely. Um, another thing that... Um... That is really interesting. Uh, there's a game um, that essentially is being translated as uh, face training in Japan. Okay. Um, and that game released pre-DSi and had a camera attachment. Okay. And that camera attachment was actually the base for what became the Nintendo DSi. Ah, so they used um, similar hardware? Well, the 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 cam the the thing for the camera slot for the sl- for the Game Boy fan slot definitely did, yeah. Um, and the, and and they used for the DSi prototype if if I think I remember correctly. Huh. Um, but th- that game actually became later a DSi exclusive game in Europe. Mm-hmm. So and that that was a really weird one because only like five DSi exclusive retail games released. And Europe is the only one that got a retail game as part as part of that from Nintendo. Um, it's a it's a it's basically the same box, but it has a white cartridge. It's really strange. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm basically looking for stuff like that. Um, and there are a lot of ton and weird attachments for the D, for the DS slot in the first couple of years in Japan. Like there's mm-hmm. there's a Taiko pedal for a um, Arkanoid game. Okay, so I'm yeah, basically looking for stuff like that. Basically, I'm, yeah. that's what I want to do. Yeah, I think that would be pretty interesting because I don't think uh, a lot of people know about that stuff really. I don't know why we went on this entire tangent, but it, it was actually <laughs> really cool. Um, we were talking a little bit about game journalism, just in general. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we're just just talking about how we're evolving. Are there things that you or how you're evolving over the next couple of years? Push Destin. How am I involved in? Well, recently we've been doing a lot more discussion videos, um, a lot more just video content in general because, unfortunately, people 
don't really read. Um, they much prefer information to be told them, told to them, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing I noticed too. And yeah, I. Okay, so I sh- I shouldn't be telling this right now because I'm not because <laughs> sh- I'm not sure if I'm gonna do it. Um, but I'm thinking about like doing a daily new show of like three to five minutes each every single day. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be great. Yeah, I think there needs to be something like that because I need to be where the money is and how people well, not necessarily where the money is money comes second place, but I need to be where people mm-hmm. are actually w- consuming the information. Yeah, that's consuming the information. Because yeah. what I learned from my YouTube channel is that 85% watches it on mobile. Mm-hmm. Like there's only a very small percentage that uses the, the browser the browser based site. Um, and like 10% uses it on a console so maybe PlayStation 4 through the hack on Switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, the, or the glitch on Switch. <laughs> or the, the Wii U. Yeah, the loophole. Or Wii U. <laughs> or have your free DS, new 3DS. Um, but there are only like maybe 10%, 5% is all watching it on, on the browser site. Yeah. And, um, you know, even just talking with people like uh, friends and family and stuff like that, a lot of people don't really read articles. They don't want to. They just want to have something in the background while they're cooking dinner or something like that. Sure, yeah. I still believe in articles. Like, yeah, I, I love writing them. That's the thing. I don't think it will necessarily go away. But the stuff surrounding it, like the smaller stuff, needs to be refocused in a way that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I'll give you an example. We recently did a video on if Bomberman should come uh, should come in Smash for Switch, and uh, Spazzy he originally wrote that article basically when he first joined the site, so almost three years ago, and the video got I think eight hundred times more views or something like that. Oh man. Like, it's ridiculous how much more views it got, mm-hmm. even though the article is probably easier to... I think the article is easier to consume, because you don't have to listen to a 30-minute discussion. Right, right, right. It's weird. But, it's really weird. Like, I'm not necessarily sh- sure what people want, if I'm being really honest. But um, I'm ready to figure yeah. it out, so that's the positive thing here. Yeah, and it's it's kind of hard because um you you have to strike a balance between doing what you really want and also doing what people want. Hmm. And that's something that I've I've constantly struggled with is because, you know, I want to write, you know, about this, but it's like, mm, do people really care? Yeah. And then then that kind of affects your own motivation to write it or produce it. Like I had for the idea for the last 3 years to write a massive article ranking every single Rhythm Tengoku slash Rhythm Heaven minigame. Mm-hmm. And that will never come to fruition because likely nobody will read it. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Maybe in a podcast. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah, and talking about refocus stuff and podcasts, um, like, mm-hmm. I used to, like, the last couple of months, I would write, like, Roundup articles of like eShop games that nobody would really play, 
Um, yeah. And I think I need to really focus that in a podcast as well. And I'm currently working on that. But I still need to find a co-host for it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we're actually thinking about reformatting our podcast on Source Gaming. Oh, nice. Yeah, because um, the way that we've been uh, doing it, I'm, I'm sure you're aware because you've been on, I think, two of them. Yeah. Uh, is that we usually pick a topic and we explore that topic for about an hour, two hours. Uh, sometimes it gets really long. But uh, we're thinking about doing it more of like a news roundup, kind of like a biweekly news review. But then it's like, will we still stick out kind of thing? Right, right, right. I, um, yeah, for me, it's, I, uh, this is a thing I really want to do, um, mm-hmm. especially in, uh, on the eShop side of things, but it's, the problem is finding a co-host that is not so, that's just as enthusiastic as me about eShop games. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you would uh, you would do a podcast that's uh, focused on just on eShop games. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, that does sound interesting. That's why I want to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a long discussion about the state of video games <laughs> journalism. Yeah, we did dang good. Um, let's talk about games. Are there are there any games that you are currently enjoying? Uh, I've been playing uh, Breath of the Wild for the past, you know, since the Switch came out, so a month. <laughs> and um, I think I'm almost 80 to 90 hours into it. I'm currently 72 hours into it. Okay. Yeah, and um, I com- I've completed every shrine, and I have only like 80 Korok seeds, though. Nobody just, cares about the Korok seeds, my friend. Nobody, I know. nobody cares. I have, I have no motivation to actually get all nine hundred of those. No, I don't either. Um, I'm currently at um, ninety-five shrines. Mm-hmm. I'm going for all hundred, hundred and twenty. I'm not sure if I'm going to do every single side quest. Um, I might do yeah. after I finish, complete, and finish uh, defeat Ganon. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, you, you actually find a boss that you see at the very beginning of the game. Gosh darn it. Um, no way. Yeah, no way, yeah. Um, but uh, after that, I will take a break and maybe come back and do the side quests. There's a, I think there's 70 or 80 side quests in the game. Mm-hmm. That sounds about accurate, yeah. Yeah, and um, some of them aren't that good, to be honest. Some of them are very, very short. Yeah, some of them are not that interesting, honestly. Like there's a side quest where you have to attach a octo balloon to something. That sounds accurate. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it takes two minutes. Basically, it's just finding the right person to talk to, mm-hmm. and then you complete the side quest. I um I finished um the even the even tide island um shrine yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's the sh- uh, shrine where you. Get stripped of your equipment, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. And I was halfway through, and guess what happened? I got a blood moon. Oh, no. I, survi- so I survived that, too. <laughs> like, it was... 
I was so full of cringe at that moment. I was like, okay. And because I was busy with that, um, the big guy, I have I don't remember the enemy's type's name. Um, is it, uh, it's not Lionel cause Lionel's the, no, it's definitely, it's a Lionel. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a big Bababla. Um, yeah, but, um, of the enemies, I just defeated all spawned back right at the back of me. It's like <laughs> so you're just great. running with the orb. Yep. It's like here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when I uh, wrote the review of Breath of the Wild for Source Gaming, the one thing I did was I completed uh, the game, the main game. I, I defeated Ganon before writing the review. Right. But I didn't finish all the shrines, and. I know there's been talked about a little bit, uh, quite a bit already, but the latter half of the game is pretty redundant. Hmm. There's a lot of... How come? There's a lot of doing, like, the same thing over and over again. Hmm. I mean, I can understand that at the same time. Um, I mean, it's our ton of shrines to go through. Um, Yeah. And I'm sure that the majority of people will not see every single shrine or don't really care mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Um. I am just addicted to them. Like, I cannot stop. Um, yeah. And I don't mind that some of them are repeats. Like, especially the, the Guardian battles. I think you get some good equipment out of them. So, I feel that they're worth doing at the very end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. And even though there are repeats... Um, I think at the end of it, I just have I'm just having a good time with that stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely dedicated. I will see every single shrine and then likely call it the day and then finish it with cannon. And I feel would feel pretty okay with that. Um, one side note on that: I left specifically the last word says last, mm-hmm. um, because I. I have not finished the last word. I have not um, visited the last words yet. Okay, so you don't have the Master Sword yet. No. I yeah. want the Master Sword solely at the point that I'm going to get him. I don't mm-hmm. want the Master Sword at any other point at all. Yeah. And maybe that's the wrong way to go about it. I mean, some of I know that some people got the Master Sword like really early in their game. Mm-hmm. Um, But I feel it, it's something that needs to be earned. Um. So I am not going to the master until I know that I need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically for me, I didn't get the master sword until I had completed all four of the dungeons, and then I also didn't use any amiibo until I had defeated Ganon. Hmm. I did use the amiibo. Like I did need some um, some recipes and some um, mm-hmm. some better things for on the go. So I definitely used the amiibo. Um, but, um, like, it doesn't really matter because the weapons break in that game anyway. So, yeah. I just used the amiibo whenever I felt like it, which it was a couple of times, not many times, but there were a couple of times when I did that. Mm-hmm. Now I've been uh, trying to use the amiibo just to collect all the various equipment exclusive to the amiibo. Right. Like the various caps and the tunics and stuff like that. I think that's the most annoying thing about it, that there's there's stuff that's exclusive to the Amiibo and that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, it's it's pretty annoying. Um, one thing I do appreciate is that none of it is required for the Hy- Hyrule Compendium. Mm-hmm. So I, I do appreciate that. 
but it is kind of annoying for people who don't have the amiibo and it's caused the amiibo prices to increase dramatically i went on amazon.co.jp right uh the other day and i think chic was over a hundred dollars jeez yeah and so for those people who don't have chic it's it's really terrible i saw somebody in etsy making using the nfc data to make their own amiibo cards for the zelda amiibo okay so that was kind of uh i'm not sure if nintendo is okay with that (laughs) (laughs) but that's a that's a pretty interesting idea because one one of my complaints about the amiibo is that they're not really portable yeah and it's um they do they do take up a lot of space for sure yeah I think that something like that could be really handy, but I'm 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 surprised that Nintendo hasn't done it themselves because back in the early days, Miyamoto did talk about that stuff, like making amiibo cards for figurines that wouldn't be available anymore. Yeah, and they and never make a lot of sense, and they never pulled that trigger. Like they, well, they made specific amiibo cards for specific games, but they never made amiibo cards to replace figurines. Yeah, like I would be okay with having an entire card collection based on the Smash Brothers amiibo. Mm-hmm. Solely to have um, something like that with me on the go for, say, the 3DS when I have that with me, because naturally the Switch version doesn't have a, the Smash Brothers yet. Um, but mm-hmm. I would definitely use that for the 3DS game when I have that on me. Yeah, and um, it would be helpful for those people who don't when they can't find those amiibo anymore yeah absolutely i feel that um just making card packs of the smash brothers amiibo i think it just makes sense but it's something they didn't dare to do instead we got freaking amiibo cards for mario sports superstars (laughs) yeah which is not a good game let me repeat that that that's that's not a good um, game the amiibo functionality in that is also pretty iffy it just gives you like a random card pack within the game. Uh, well, that's that that, that's that's used for something else. That that can be used with any amiibo. Um, okay. There are specific amiibo functions within the game. There's one mini game, but its main property function, and I will grab a packet here and reach you the back. Mm-hmm. You can use these cards in Mario Sports Superstars to dot dot dot. Unlock superstar characters. You can collect 90 cards for all five sports, aiming to be the most powerful player. So what they have done, in older Mario sports games, you had something called the star characters. Yeah. Which you would get after finishing every single tournament, um, and you would lock it like a character, like a better version of the character that way. Like it's in the Mario Golf games very recently. It was also in the Mario Tennis games, what have you. Um, Mm -hmm. In this game, you have to unlock it per character, per per tournament, per game. And it's a really mm. dreadful process. Like, it's really insanely time-consuming. Um, yeah. So what they've done, they tied the amiibo cards to this. Just to speed it up for those who want to pay. Yeah. So you can buy a packet of, of five amiibo cards for five freaking euros... And then you can have your five um, superstar characters. Jesus. 
And what's better yet about these cards, they use old freaking artwork. Like old yeah. as heck artwork. Yeah, I think I saw your Twitter post about that. Yeah, the Waluigi one, huh? Yeah. 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 What worse, in the second packet that I bought, um, I got one packet from Nintendo, then I bought two later. In the second packet, I got two cards that was also in the packet that I got from Nintendo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, with it being random, it's it's very difficult to actually collect them all. Yeah. I mean, you have to sp- that just increases the amount of money you have to spend. I really wanna... hate that because I still don't have all the Amiibo cards with all the campers. Yeah. And I really want that, but it's uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it almost gets to a point where it's just better to wait until they go up on the auction sites. That's that seems about be that seems to be the best idea at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was really worried because I've been collecting all the Zelda amiibo, but I didn't pre-order the Breath of the Wild ones because I just, for some reason, assumed that they wouldn't sell out immediately. And I actually had a very difficult time finding a Zelda, the Breath of the Wild version of Zelda. Right, right, right. Amiibo. Hmm. And so I ended up paying, I think, two or three extra extra dollars just to get it on Amazon from a reseller. That's not that bad, though. It could be a lot worse. That's that's how I justified it to myself. I was like, it's going to get worse in a month, so I better get it now. Right. Um, as far as things that I've been playing, um, mm-hmm. there are two games that I've been playing this week. One of them is um, Lego City on the cover on Nintendo Switch. Okay. And I will be honest, like, I like that game still, but I have no intention to finishing the Switch version because I finished it already on Wii U. I played about 10 hours of the Switch version, and it is all fun and games, but um, it, it isn't better in any way. Like, the load times mm-hmm. are still long. You're still mostly waiting there for the game to boot up, and once it gets going, it's it's sort of choppy. And uh, it's, not, it's not well optimized. I mean, it's as well optimized as the Wii U version was. But mm. that still makes it worse because honestly, you're you're doing this on a way better system. You're running this on a system that even in handheld mode outclocks the Wii U. Yeah, and it's optimized like that. Like it, it feels kind of slapdash. Um, and and much bashing the game itself, it's still a very good game. But if you already played it, then I can't really recommend this to you. Like, you're not getting anything new for it in return. Um, and maybe it's the, also a game that's yeah. been available for such a long time. Yeah, four years now. Um, yeah. And yeah. they're asking 60 bucks for it, so I would wait until a price drop for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's... Like my my biggest problem with that game is when you play it in handheld mode. Some of them will not experience this. Fair enough. Um, I have a like a really bad balance disorder, so when I played it in handheld mode, the screen was so shaky that I felt kind of nauseous playing it in handheld mode. Oh. So if you are 
feeling bad with that stuff, I wouldn't recommend playing that in handheld mode. Yeah. I could see that causing a lot of problems for people. Yeah. So that's the pre- the the presses I would give to that. Um the other game um is Graceful Explosion Machine, which is the latest uh, eShop release. And that game is awesome. That game is so freaking amazing. I love that game. Um it's a side scrolling shoot 'em up, but you are in an endless loop of a tunnel. Um but what you do there is that you rank up combos and try to shoot at anything that moves and keep that combo going up to like up to twenty X or something. It's really insane. Um mm-hmm. you have to like mix around like standard weapons, like a standard blaster with very special weapons and switch constantly between them in between, flip your sh- ship to um aim your sights better, what have you. It's it becomes really insane and tricky. Um but it feels so satisfying when you when you get the job done. Um and it's really stylish. It also makes like really clever use of the HD rumble where you f- actually feel like the impact of certain shots that you do. Um mm-hmm. It's just a really fun game. Yeah. It's about three worlds long. Uh, they have about, I, th- I think, about ten levels each. Uh, but the main appeal really is that you go for your high scores in every single one of those levels. And it's really worth it. Yeah, it's like a arcade kind of Twitch game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just a really fun game. And that's available in Europe and America? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that's one thing I really like about the Switch is the fact that it's region free. That's so good, right? Yeah, it, it's so nice. Oh my god, um, I have three, th- I have two 3ds's. Uh, I used to have another one, but sold it once I got my new 3ds. Mm-hmm. And it's just so nice to actually have one system for all regions. Yeah, you just set up your accounts. You plug in your details. Um, you might need to code for the other two regions, but you're golden from there. And what nice is that purchases will universally carry over if it's one version. Yep. So it does mean that it already tells you from, hey, you already have this game in your system. You don't need to download this again. Um, so it, it feels like they really tightly designed this, which I really, really like. Yeah. And I know a lot of developers have um, praised Nintendo for their their uh, approach to the eShop now. It's, it's too bad that the eShop itself isn't isn't very good. Yeah, it could be better designed. I honestly think it's the worst designed version of the Nintendo eShop. There's no music. <laughs> well, that's not even the worst problem. I think that yeah. um, if you have a release list that, that chops off games a few weeks after release and you have to go into the search function to find them, you've already failed. Yeah. Because you can't find snipper clips on the homepage anymore. Like, you can find in the bestsellers list, sure. But that's not the point. You need to see something like that on, your home sc- on the home screen of the eShop. And you can't, because basically it's sorted in order. And there's no way to sort it anyway or otherwise. And the other mm-hmm. problem really is that um, once, it, once it gets cut off, you won't see it on that homepage ever again. Yeah. Like, there's no way for, for games to be slotted. There's no way for it to be more in the front of center of of your eye, um, of your eye space. Um, 
and actually we have the new section, but not everybody will look at that new section. Um, so they need to find a way to make this work better. And yeah. I'm I'm not saying this for me because honestly I will play those games anyway. I'm talking about the general consumer who won't suit won't see those games anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. considering how well the Switch is selling at this point at this point, I would at least suggest Nintendo would look into that. One uh, simple addition that they could do to the eShop is to show titles that are bought by your friends. And like to say like oh you know you know this friend played for this many hours on this game, that would be nice yeah would, for sure. I think that would be a nice addition because then you can kind of kind of, kind of get recommendations from your friends. Hmm. I also feel that themes needs to be a thing ASAP. Oh yeah, I'm already done with the black and white backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this to be mean honestly. The black, the black and white backgrounds were fine for a little bit, but at this point, I kind of want to look at something else. Yeah, and uh, with the 3DS, Nintendo's really shown that themes are something that people want. Yeah, people like customizing their situation, their uh, console. Clearly, clearly, you can see the option there for like it clearly says themes there, but they haven't pulled that switch yet. Um, yeah, literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> the same goes with virtual console, and honestly, it needs yeah. that stuff to, like, further extend what that system can do. Mm-hmm. And I know it's only been a month, and a month doesn't get you everything you want, and I get that. But at the same time, I, I just yeah. want to have yeah. like the most ideal situation for myself. Mm-hmm. And I knew I, I, I at least expected Nintendo to be slightly better about this right, right about now. Yeah, it's not really given a strong impression, maybe for the casual fans. Yeah, the you know the the people that are gonna leave if there's not a good system in place. Yeah, I f- honestly feel that there needs to be like more available and i get that they want to put the focus on those indie games that's totally okay you know um but they need more to keep people coming back Mm -hmm. um and the only thing that's the only way that's possible is with stuff from nintendo and if you can't release new games at this very moment please assure us that there are something like virtual console in the pipeworks right about now yeah, or at least some smaller games. Like I'm okay with a two dollar game from Nintendo. Like mm-hmm. they've made five dollar games before on WiiWare and on 3DS. They can do this at two dollars. I totally, I totally know they can. Yeah, but um, they need to go forward with that challenge and show us that they can do it. Mm-hmm. And. I think the only game that's currently coming in the in the immediate future is Mario Kart 8. We don't know when Arms or Splatoon 2 are coming out. Um, so yeah, there's no release date for those games. Yeah, so they need to give us something directly after to hold to hold on to, and yeah. they haven't given really us an answer to that. Yeah, right now it's uh, the Switch for a lot of people is a uh, breath of the wild machine and i know that breath of the wild is going to be updated 
until the summer. I believe the summer is the last DLC pack, right? The summer is the first DLC pack. Oh, summer is the first one. Okay. So uh, they're already, the they're already given months. Like the first one will be in August. The second one will be in December. Mm-hmm. So I, I, for a lot of people, you know, they want that content, but it's, it's coming very slowly. Yeah. They honestly, they need to like Mario Kart will keep me busy for sure. You know, um, mm-hmm. but I just want to play something that's completely new from Nintendo next to breath of the wild. Yeah, I'm a little uh, iffy on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, mainly because uh, the new battle mode doesn't really interest me personally. Right. But I mean, it, you can dis- you can disagree that it's finally good for the fans to have it. Yeah. Even if if even if the even if you have to pay for the game again, at least mm-hmm. you know they have listened to the biggest criticism of that game. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely admit that, and they have added some new content. And I wonder if they're gonna add DLC to add even more content. I wish they would. Like, they, again, they need something for fans to hold on to. Yeah. But because if they support yeah. Mario Kart Eight Deluxe like like they did with Mario Kart Eight, I think that's a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. Or they will just make Mario Kart Nine again and screw with all of us. <laughs> hey, you know that can happen. Yeah, I know. Nintendo can be very unpredictable. But that's why I like to follow the company. Me too. Wow, we already went for this hour really fast. Yeah. I was just looking at the time. It's like, yeah, it's... We were, we're planning for an hour just five minutes before two and we're almost done here, so... Mm-hmm. We'll have to bring you back for another time and just discuss more stuff, I guess. Oh yeah, definitely. Love to come back. Uh, we already discussed Source Gaming, so we don't necessarily need to plug it again. I'll just say again, sourcegaming.info is where you need to be um, mm-hmm. for all your lovely guff about Smash and other things fun too. Um, you can follow me at on Twitter at Nintendo. You can follow Push Destin on Twitter at... Push Destin. Yeah! Yay! And um, yeah, that's it for this time around, I've been bad with the uploading schedule on these, so I will definitely find a more consistent way to bring this out to you. But it's also, I'm struggling with setting up a new show on YouTube and doing different stuff as well, so it's not necessarily always an easy thing to do. Also, when you still have articles to write, which I'm still busy with. <laughs> um, but, um, basically, yeah. Basically, things are coming. Basically, things are coming. Like, win- not winter is coming, summer is coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, E3 is around the corner, and hopefully, maybe Nintendo will do a Nintendo Direct. You never know. Uh, I, I would, I would yeah. love for them to do that, but it's... I don't know. Like A lot of people are saying, like, any day now, any day now, and I, I feel like we're um, back pre-Switch reveal. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. That's... <sighs> You're right. You're right. Anyway, guys, have a nice week.